Hello there. Welcome to Return to Paradise. Uh, you hopefully maybe have listened to the first episode. We're on a journey uh, of spiritual discovery and wanting to see if Christianity is actually a solution for the things that we feel and sense. Is Christianity uh, following Jesus, is that is that um, what create is the most plausible explanation to our life experiences? And in our previous episode, we discussed how our desires indicate that there is a reality outside of us. The fact that we crave something, even though that varies from person to person, demonstrates that there is something out beyond us, that, that we crave justice and, and crave things to be a certain way also is a demonstration that there is some kind of justice reality, goodness reality that is outside of us. Also, the fact that we, we have been wrong before each of us as individuals have been wrong and We've had debates and we've disagreed with one another about so many things. And so we demonstrate that us human beings really are limited in our capacity to be absolutely right. And so we're dependent upon something outside of us to truly know reality. Now, in the, uh, in the podcast, you should see the other episode there available, but in life, because now we want to continue to evaluate, does, does the narrative of heaven, so we talked about how um, the idea of God creating everything and how he set things up and how things fell apart and, and how the narrative, the true narrative of scripture helps us to see that, yes, there are problems, but, but God kind of demonstrates why that is and, and why it's not going to stay that way. And, and all our desires and our reality fit within that narrative. The other narrative is the existence of or the reality of heaven. And again, our journey is to get back to this paradise that God initially set up a paradise of the Garden of Eden and everything was great and was supposed to be that way, but it fell apart. So God still enacted a plan to get us back to a state of living in absolute paradise where all our longings and desires are fulfilled and there is an abs absolute sense of goodness and, and just justice and things are right as they should be. Now, in this life, there, there are a lot of great things. And there is rightness is in the sense of righteousness and goodness, and there is justice that exists in this life, and there is pleasure, and we do get to places in our lives where we feel content and satisfied. And, and so there are good things, and there are satisfying, fulfilling things in this life. However, none of that really lasts, though, and we do know that there is an existence of evil in this world and injustice and there is a a time in which we lack and we don't have and we're not satisfied and so there are problematic things that are in this world and so even if we gain a season of satisfaction in this life that is unrelated to 
our eternal destination are unrelated to Jesus, just there's something in this earthly life that satisfies us, it doesn't ever really last, unless it truly is linked to some eternal thing. So a relationship can be satisfied. Although, even in relationships, even in the most satisfactory relationships, there are still rough patches that are had in the relationship. It's There's always challenges and difficulty. And even if we attain some sense of measurable success, we've accomplished something, we've become famous or we've become wealthy, uh, even if we reach that state, at some point we are still left with, but it, it does. at some point it doesn't matter anymore, especially when you get to, to a moment of death. Even if you believe that there is nothing after death, that once you die you just cease to exist, that really, that narrative really says how little this life matters. Uh, really, I just need to try to just make the best of the situation, but but ultimately all of us are in a death sentence. We're just waiting to die. And so there is a great deal of dissatisfaction in this life. Plus, there's natural disasters, there's wars, there's conflicts, there's all kinds of things in this life that tells us that this is a no, not, not a good place to be. And something within us, every one of us, even the atheist at times, has this sense that there is something better than this. There's something more out there than what is on planet Earth. It's the reason why some people, and a lot of times it's atheists, but it's not always atheists, why there are so many people that find themselves searching for something out there in space they're looking for there's there's alien life somewhere that there's there's a more advanced life form there's there's people out there beings out there that have answers and really not to get into the debate of whether or not there are aliens and whether or not there's something out there beyond us in space as far as life forms or answers are concerned uh, isn't really at, at play here the issue is why do we long for there to be something out there. And I believe it's because something within us says that there's something something greater, something more. This, this earthly life cannot be what was meant for us. It cannot be all there is. Otherwise, despite all the great things that there are in this life, in the end, it really doesn't amount to much if we just cease to exist at some point. It's the reason why at funerals, and I might have mentioned this before, most people say that they went to a better place because there's something within us, whether they did or not, there's something within us that says that there is a better, that word better is key there, that there is a better place. There is something better that exists than this life. Again, not that there's not good things in this life, but there is something better than this life. It's why Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11 in the Bible says that God has set eternity in the hearts of men. That God set this up this way, that there is an eternal, perfect destination that is available. We call it heaven. Bible labels it heaven. That place exists, and we have been wired to want it because God wants us to get to that destination. It's the reason why in Luke 23, 43, Jesus said, Today you will be with me 
in paradise. Again, returning to paradise in that this Garden of Eden was paradise, and now God wants us to get back to a place of paradise. It's not the same place. It's not the Garden of Eden reinvented, uh, but it is a place of paradise, and God wants us to be back there. We inherently know that it is a reality, and, and just our life existence says that this is so. If we listen to it, the Bible uh, even speaks this way. It says that a fool says there is no God. It, it said, and that's not really to be insulting. It's just that there is something within us that that knows this, even without external evidence. There is something within us that knows this to be the reality that there is a great, perfect, eternal destination that we can get to. We just know that intuitively. Plus. All the things that we desire, we might target certain things to try to fulfill that desire. It may be sometimes hitting the mark, other times realizing that what we pursued only temporarily satisfies this longing. So you take desiring sexual pleasure, desiring comfort foods and, and entertainment and you know, going to amusement parks, uh, partying, doing different things to generate pleasure in my senses. We might actually like and enjoy all of those experiences, but in the end, they still leave us longing and we still reach places where we want sexual pleasure, but we can't attain it at the moment. We want to party, but we our, our friends aren't available. We want amusement, but we just can't find it. So there is time where we are not at that heightened state of pleasure. And there are times that we desperately want to be in that heightened state of pleasure. Again, the, the specific pursuits aren't as relevant as there is something within us that wants to be in that state of heightened pleasure. Jesus says in Matthew 25, 23, in the judgment parable, he says to enter the joy of the Lord, that this place of absolute pleasure. So you're longing for pleasure that you temporarily soothe with other things. And there's nothing wrong with pursuing sexual pleasure in a marital context. There's nothing wrong with hanging out with your friends and pursuing amusement. There's nothing wrong with feeling good uh, in and of itself. But in the end, it really is just a temporary fix to satisfy a deeper longing to be completely fulfilled and experience full satisfaction and pleasure. And this is what heaven is. So the things that you long for, the things that you desire, heaven, this paradise that I believe God wants us to return to, this paradise, it fulfills that longing. And in an eternal standpoint, once you're there, you will never come off the high. That That's the reality that is before us. Then, in this life, we do everything we can to try to meet certain provisions. And some of that is in a very mild sense. We want to make sure we have enough food and sustenance, and we need that to live. We want to have shelter. 
We want to have certain accommodations. And sometimes we increase the amount of accommodations. We want a certain kind of home. We want certain kind of vehicles. We want certain kinds of clothing, certain types of food and entertainment. And, and we want a steady stream of provisions. And this is a constant concern for, for a human being is how do I generate enough revenue to be able to live the way that I want to live. And all of us wrestle with making sure to maintain that steady stream. Some of us have attained certain measures of financial success where it's not really as much of a concern, and others are really wrestling. And those of you that have hit a space where you're really wrestling with making ends meet, maybe you're thinking about retirement in the distance and how am I going to make ends meet there, and, and there is a concern to have provisions met. And we, most of us, even those who are wealthy, likely unless they were born and raised wealthy and stayed that way, most human beings have known seasons of not having enough, at least not having enough to, to satisfy their own senses. And Revelation 22 describes a scene where there's, in, in, in this eternal dwelling place, there is a river, and there are these trees that produce fruit. And the, these trees that produce fruit are uh, might likely be a literal set of trees, but also figuratively they're depicting for us the reality that in this eternal destination, we will always have every bit of provisions that we need and then some. We will never be lacking. We will never be wondering if we'll have enough to attain the things that will bring satisfaction. We will never be concerned about trying to keep a job or trying to manage our finances. There won't be any planning and stuff. We will for all eternity have every single need provided for us. And this longing that we have in our earthly existence is satisfied by this eternal destination. All of our earthly experience and senses tell us that there is a location that we're looking for and that that location provides these sense of desires. Uh, a desire for meaning and significance. All of us want to matter in some form. Some of us might want to matter in more grander scales than others, but all of us want to be significant to somebody. We, we want our lives to matter. We don't want to just be a passing breath. We want our lives to matter. We want meaning and significance, and we do different things in in order to try to attempt to make that happen. But in the end, all of us, in the earthly sense, lose meaning and significance. No matter how accomplished you've become, the typical person, even if they're famous in their time, lose uh, a space of where people know who they are. I mean, I I grew up in the 80, 80s and 90s, and, and I'm astounded at times when I think about iconic figures in the 80s and 90s that my kids have no clue who they are. At one point, everybody knew who they were, but now uh, the younger generation does not know who they are. And that just kind of speaks to the, you attain meaning and significance in this earthly life, but it's really only temporary. True meaning and significance only has an eternal scope to it 
in heaven in that in Revelation chapter 21 and 22, in those chapters, if you read them, you will see that we will be together, not only with God and worshiping him, but we'll be together with others, with those who we love, who have followed Jesus, and we will reign with them for all eternity. We will have a relational purpose. We will have a functional purpose. We will have a reason to exist, and it will stay that way for all eternity. There will never be any insecurity, never any doubt of who I am, identity crisis kind of things. There will never be a sense of I need to do something to gain people's affection and admiration. I will never need to work towards that because I will have that for all eternity. Again, our earthly cravings tell us that there is a place to be satisfied and heaven fits the narrative. Heaven makes it all make sense. Now, again, we don't, we're not necessarily proving uh, without a shadow of doubt that heaven exists. I'm just saying your earthly existence tells you that heaven makes sense. It makes sense. Now, you might have some questions with it, and we'll deal with those. But in general, heaven makes sense for the narrative. We all want love, including the love of our loved ones, and we want to have a mutual loving relationship with others. And like I just said, Revelation 21 and 22 depicts that reality that in heaven, you will never have to question if someone loves you. Everybody around you will truly love you and you will love everybody that is around you. That is the destination of heaven. Eternality. All of us would love to live forever especially if it's a good condition that we're in. And a lot of our scientific advancement and our medical research is aimed at how to prevent death because we don't want to die, and for good reason. And so since we don't want to die, we put a lot of work in trying to figure out how we can prevent death because within us there is this desire and even this belief because people who do this research really believe that they can somehow stave off death and maybe even prevent it at some point and so deeply ingrained within us is this reality that eternity exists somehow and we're trying to find it in different ways that so far no one has prevented death from happening we might have increase the length of our lives, but we've not been able to prevent death from happening. And this fits the narrative, because in Revelation 22, verse 5, the state that is described is forever and ever. This will go on for all eternity. So deep within us are these cravings that heaven fits the narrative. Heaven, the, the idea of heaven, of this paradise that Jesus describes satisfies every single one of our longings. Peace and satisfaction. All of us want to be satisfied and be in a state of peace. Not necessarily boredom, and peace might be relative from person to person at times, but we all want a sense of agreement, a sense of of that there is no there's no conflict, there's nothing wrong. We, we want to be satisfied and content in life. And the whole scene in Revelation 21 and 22 speaks of a very serene and satisfactory existence. And so once again, our desires, they tell us that there is this destination that exists. Heaven also helps us in this life be able to make it through some of our more trying times. Revelation 21 verse 4 says, There will no longer be any death. 
And so when we face the reality of our own mortality, the mortality of those who we love, when we lose a loved one, the, the knowledge that especially if they follow Jesus and we believe that they have gone to this destination, the reality that there is a destination in which those who I lost I'm going to be reunited with, and that when I die, it is not the end. I will continue to live on in this paradise. That reality helps us to be able to cope with the loss of a loved one and, and facing our own mortality and the mortality of others. It gives us an ability to make it through, to walk through, as, as Psalm 23 puts it, to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It also helps us with dealing with pain. In Revelation 21, verse 4 again, he says he will wipe away every tear from their eye, neither shall there be mourning or crying or pain. That though I might be in pain in this life, and this is not only physical pain, this is emotional pain. It says there will be, uh, he will wipe away every tear from their eye, no more mourning or crying. Uh, In this eternal paradise, there is no longer any sense of hurt and pain physically or emotionally or mentally or relationally, any form of pain will no longer exist in heaven. And so I might suffer in this life through depression, anxiety. I might suffer through uh, heartbreak. I might suffer through a sense of delusionment. I might suffer through physical pain, like uh, some of our more difficult pains of of cancer and heart issues and, and Alzheimer's, all the different things that we experience that are awful in this life, just knowing that there's an end to it. And the end isn't that I just cease to exist. The end is that I reach a place where all of this falls off of me and I am no longer suffering and I am still existing, but I'm existing in pleasure and joy and love and satisfaction and provisions and and this perfect, amazing state. That is what heaven can do to carry us through this life. And so the idea of the reality of heaven makes sense. It fits the narrative of our longings and how we're working through this life. It just makes sense. In fact, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8 through 12, Abraham was looking for God's city. He was looking for a destination. He knew that where he was presently is not where he was going to end up. He knew he wasn't, Hebrews says he knew he wasn't going to end up on an earthly piece of land. He knew that it wasn't just about that, though he was pursuing that. He knew that ultimately his desires were going to end up in some eternal destination. Hebrews 11, verse 13 through 16, also depicts other individuals who were looking for a destination that is not of an earthly scope. Hebrews 11.13 specifically says that they were strangers and exiles on the earth, that they recognized that this is a temporary. I mean, what does that do for us when we realize that, that when we're in the midst of suffering and heartache, that this, this is temporary? It's not going to stay this way. Isaiah and Isaiah 65, 17 prophesied of a new heavens and a new earth. John 14, Jesus speaks of going to a place to prepare for you. 
Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 through 4. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. Paul talks about our need to focus on this destination. This is what our life pursuit is, to get to this destination. And everything within us tells us that that's the reality. The effects of heaven on my life is if I know where I'm headed, despite the problems that I face in this earthly existence, then I begin to discover joy in this life, confidence in this life, peace and satisfaction in this life, love in this life, meaning in this life. Heaven just makes things better. But not only that, I'm not called to just get to heaven. I spend a season in this earthly life with other people and Jesus actually teaches us, and the Bible actually teaches us, to try to live in such a way that makes earth a little bit more like heaven. You see Matthew 3, 2 and Matthew 4, 17, both John the Baptist and Jesus in their preaching said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We are now experiencing a taste of heaven because the gospel's being presented because you see before you two individuals that are behaving like a citizen of heaven. And so we are called to bring that existence to some extent to this earthly life. Matthew 6, verse 10, Jesus taught us to pray on earth as it is in heaven, that earth would become similar to the heavenly existence. It will never quite be entirely like that, but to alleviate some of the pain of this earthly existence, we're called to seek to make earth a little bit more like heaven. Matthew 18, verse 18, Jesus mentions the idea of binding and loosing. Whatever you bind on earth is going to be bound in heaven, vice versa, because we want to make this connection of heaven touching earth. Matthew 5, 14, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. You are supposed to be the bright spot in this earthly existence. You are supposed to be the, hey, look, this is what heaven is going to be like picture. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, and 1 Corinthians 13, both in the description of the fruit of the Spirit and in the traits of love, demonstrates that uh, those traits, all those traits are exactly what heaven's existence is going to be like. That's why we're called to be that way on this earth. Second Peter 3 verse 13, uh, Peter emphasizes that you, that yet we are still waiting. So though we are trying to make earth a little bit better, we know that we will not ultimately get there, all of us collectively, until the second coming of Jesus Christ. So I hope that if you think through heaven and the idea of returning to paradise, that you will realize that it fits the narrative. It, it makes sense. It's why truly every one of us deep down inside believe that this is a reality. So next week, and, and again, if you would help me out and just kind of share this with other people, let people know about this podcast and the journey that we're on to return to paradise. And next episode, we're going to talk about perception, how there is something about us that makes it difficult to come to know reality. And, and we want to know how can we do, what can we do to prevent that uh, blindness that is there. So that'll be our next episode. We'll again try to upload once a month. Right now we're trying to get tech worked out for the podcast to be available. But once it is, it'll probably be a few episodes initially. And then once a month we'll add an additional um, episode. We do have a YouTube channel with a video version of this 
And we also have a Facebook page that you can follow us. So just search for Return to Paradise on Facebook or on YouTube. And please just comment, like, share. If you have any questions, let me know. I'd, be, I'd love to answer your questions. Uh, I would love, love to interact with you personally. And so I hope that you will help me make a community of people that are pursuing returning to paradise in our eternal scope as well as in our earthly existence. Thanks for joining me. God bless.